No, it is so good to have you with us. Um, my name is Monique. If um, I haven't met you yet, I would love to get to know you after the service, after the gathering. Um, I, it is such a privilege to be able to come here and to share what I feel like um, uh, something that God's been placing on my heart for a while and uh, and now I get to share it with you. Um, but before I do a little bit of introductions, uh, I uh, work here at Activate. Um, I'm uh, part of the young adults team and I also oversee kids ministry. And so I get to be a part and parcel of a lot of the, the life that happens at church. And there's a lot to do with life, right? To do with working with people. There's good times and then there's not so good times. And it, it challenges you when you interact with human beings because life isn't perfect. So what do you do when life isn't perfect? And you have to interact and, and connect with people that way. Um, and so that really challenged me this week. Um, now, I, I did my master's in psychology down in Dunedin. So I studied at Waikato for four years, and then I went to Dunedin for a couple of years. Is anyone from the South? Yeah, nice, nice, nice. All right, awesome. Um, I don't know if I can claim to be from the South, but I really loved being there. Um, and Dunedin is such a beautiful um, city as well. And so, I, yeah, I did my master's there. Um, I went to Otago. Um, I learned a lot about uh, the student life there. It's very interesting. The university and then the studentville is very much close to the city center. So there's just people everywhere all the time and, and sometimes a few like broken bottles here and there as well. Um, and uh, anyways, uh, I tend to be relatively good with time management. My mum might disagree, but I tend to be pretty good, I think. I am on time. Thank you. I am on time. I'm not the five minutes early or the five minutes late. I am the on-time person. And I was on my way to um, a staff meeting, and I was on time until I could not find a park. Have you ever been in that situation? It's awful, right? Terrible. Because you're driving around and around and around trying to find a park, and because the students live right next to the university, there's no parkings anywhere. I kept going around and around and around, and at one point I seriously considered just parking in someone else's driveway, but we don't do that. Um, and anyway, so I was driving, and finally I said, God, God, please help. I know, I know that I could have come earlier, but I really need to be at this meeting. Please help. And, uh, and I felt like God said to me, just go around one more time. And I said, God, this isn't Jericho. <laughs> Am I supposed to go around seven times? And then at the last time just scream really loudly and hope that I did scream at one point, but it was out of frustration <laughs> and not out of faith. Um, and anyway, so I, I drove around one more time as the Lord commanded. And what happened right in front of the building where I needed to be, a park opened up. Isn't that awesome? Don't we serve a good God? Yeah. <laughs> We serve a great God who, who has grace for our mistakes and provides for us even in the small things like parkings. And it really, I could see it in that moment. A God who, who feeds the sparrows and, and clothes the flowers of the field, even though they give him nothing in return. We serve such a good God who, who takes care of us in every area of our life. Would a God like that who feeds the sparrows and clothes the lilies of the valley not take care of you? There are so many instances in my life where I've seen God show up. Miracles. 
of provision, of healing, of relationships. I know there are many stories like that in this room of times where God has touched your life and encountered you in a supernatural way, done things in your life that are far beyond what you could ever rationalize your way through. It's supernatural, and God operates in the supernatural. And we're talking about faith in this series. Um, and, and I thought to myself, well, we, we talk about miracles all the time, but what about the flip side of that coin? And I really felt that I should speak to the flip side of that coin. What happens when God doesn't answer our prayers? What happens when we find ourselves sitting in silence with our hands empty and our needs unmet? We, there are many here today who, who have felt that emptiness, the disappointment where you've cried out to God and received nothing in return. In a sense, in a sense it kind of feels sacrilegious to, to say that God doesn't answer all our prayers. We, we talk so much about the God of miracles, the, the one who hears us, who answers our prayers. And I, I think in part we like talking about answered prayers because it stirs something in us, right? It encourages us. It excites us. It builds up our faith. When we see God moving in the lives of others, it moves us to press deeper into him, to step deeper into faith. Seeing his power at work reminds us that we serve a powerful God. Romans 8 verse 28 says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. But also, if we're honest, sometimes it's easier to press into God when you think that you're guaranteed a good outcome. And if you read parts of scripture by themselves, I wouldn't blame you for thinking that God, if we ask God for something, we will receive it. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you should find. Whatsoever you ask in my name, it shall be given to you. Jesus himself said that. James, one of his disciples says, you have not because you ask not. So surely that means all we need to do is ask and it will be given to us, right? David said, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. There are so many places in the Bible where we have this promise that God hears us and our prayers will be answered. And you could be forgiving that that, forgiven for believing that that means that God will give you whatever you ask. I mean, he gave me a parking lot, so surely he can give me, I don't know, a horse. <laughs> I'll check outside later. <laughs> but life tells a different story sometimes. See, I, um, I had that fantastic parking lot miracle. Um, but I, a couple of years ago, closer to three years now actually, um, I, I got diagnosed with a, with a health condition. And so I, um, I went in to the dentist for a routine checkup. He told me that my wisdom teeth were probably the thing that was crowding my, my teeth up so much, so we need to remove them. Let's do an x-ray. We did an x-ray, and he comes into the room, and he, he's a family friend, and he grabs my arm, and he says, Monique, it's going to be okay. I said, what? Going to be okay? <laughs> I would like some clarity, please. Um, and turns out that I'd had a growth in my jaw that had actually dissolved most of the bone in there, it was that large that I, if I had hit it hard, and not super hard, but hard enough, I could have shattered my entire jaw. And I just didn't know that that was 
that was going on in there. And that was crazy. And, and for a while, it, we thought maybe it was a cancer scare or something like that. Turns out it wasn't, praise Jesus. Um, but I had to wrestle with that. And then I had to get scheduled for a procedure to remove it. Um, and it was a whole thing that took almost an entire year um, to work through. But what I do remember is... Uh, I had, this, I had this great faith that I would be healed. I had several people pray over me as well. Um, and I just believed that I was going to be healed. I was going to see a miracle. And I was gonna be, it was going to be a testimony to everybody around me. And so I, I, I prayed into it. And my faith was built up. And I was ready. And I'm sitting, heading into the operating room. And I'm, I'm just like, oh, I can't wait for these guys to find out how good our God is. Um, and I wake up from the anesthetic and and um, the anesthesia, and they uh, and my head is all groggy, and um, and I look up to the nurses, and I'm kind of like, right? And they're like, are you all good? <laughs> and I had believed up until even waking up that I was going to be healed, miraculously, and I wasn't. I wasn't healed. At least not the way that I, I thought I would be. It was the process of a really long and painful year and then another procedure um, uh, at the beginning of last year to get um, all of it out and, and to, to fix that part. And praise God, there is healing in that space now and, and most of the bone density has grown back, which is awesome, and my face looks normal, which is great. Um, but I didn't, I didn't receive healing the way that I prayed for. Um, and I want to be clear, our God is a miracle-working God. He's a good God. I've seen him work miracles in my own life. He's provided for me financially and with a great home. Um, I've, seen, I've heard of people and seen people healed from broken bones, from cancer. They've received jobs and homes and, and uh, uh, what do you call it, the restoring of relationships that they've prayed for. I mean, we've even seen salvations. Salvation in itself is a miracle. We see that happen every single Sunday. But sometimes our prayers don't get answered. We aren't healed. Our, our loved ones die. We don't get to see them come to faith. We lose our jobs or our homes. So what do we do when our hands are empty? See, we can hold both truths in our head at the same time. You have permission to. God is a good God, and sometimes you pr your prayers don't get answered. Those two things aren't mutually exclusive. Maybe there's people out there who've had every prayer of theirs answered with a yes. If that's the case, teach me your ways. But what do we do when God says no? How do we have faith when our hands are empty? So I wanted to talk about that this morning. See, sometimes... There's reasons for why God answers no. Sometimes it's a lack of faith. Sometimes it's sin in our hearts that prevent him from being able to work. Sometimes we ask for things that are not good for us. Sometimes we ask for things that are good, but the timing isn't right. Sometimes we ask for things that are good, but there is something even better around the corner. Sometimes we just need to keep praying, keep pressing in, and he will provide. But sometimes, sometimes there's no clear answer. At least not one that we can see from this angle. And I, I wanted to speak to those prayers this morning, to those people who have prayed for a good thing and still sit with empty hands, who've prayed for healing for the miracle. And I wanted to make it very clear to you that unanswered prayer does not mean 
a lack of faith. Not always. You may hear, oh, God hasn't answered your prayer. Should have had more faith. You're depressed. You need more faith. You lost your job. Faith. But a lack of a miracle does not mean a lack of faith. Someone needed to hear that in this room. A lack of a miracle does not mean a lack of faith. Look at Paul. Great man of faith. Yes. Yes. Yet even he struggled with God not answering his prayers. He was shipwrecked multiple times, beaten, imprisoned, chased out of cities. And I don't doubt that he prayed many times for God to deliver him or to to save him from these struggles. And yet... In, in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 7 to 10, we hear um, a very specific time when Paul talks about a time that God didn't answer his prayer, at least not the way that he thought. Um, 2 Corinthians 12, verse 7. Therefore, so I would not become arrogant, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to trouble me so that I would not become arrogant. I asked God three times about this, that it would depart from me. But he said to me, my grace is enough for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. So then I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may reside in me. Therefore, I am content with weaknesses, with insults, with troubles, with persecutions and difficulties for the sake of Christ, because when I am weak, then I am strong. Three times he begged. It's this thorn of the flesh that Paul talks about. We don't exactly know what he meant by that, but it was an area of his life that he wanted God to touch and to remove from him, and God said no. God didn't do what he asked. He said instead that I am enough. My grace is sufficient. May that be an encouragement to you that Paul was a man of great faith, yet his faith was not a magic key that opened the locks on all the doors of life. We're not promised an easy life. It's not that simple of an equation. See, Sheridan spoke about the mystery of God last week. There is often a mystery in suffering. Can we hold on to the fact that there is pain in this world, but God is good? Are we comfortable with not getting the answer? To understand that we are humans and at times we cannot see the full picture. Do we believe that God works all things together for good? I didn't have a lack of faith with my healing. And technically I am healed, just not in the way that I I thought. See, doctors and and hospitals um, aren't uh, a lack of faith. Sometimes they're actually the path towards a miracle. So how do we have faith when our hands are empty? This is by no means an exhaustive list. But firstly, firstly, having faith when your palms are empty is to acknowledge the pain. Let's be honest, when you don't receive an answer to your prayer, when that dream dies, you you lose that job or that loved one, it hurts. And there's a disappointment in that as well, if we're really, really honest about it. But that's okay. Someone needed to hear that, someone online. It's okay to feel that sadness and that pain and that hurt and that disappointment. That's all right. You don't need to gloss over it. We're not perfect, pretty Christians who are sitting in a, in a hotel for the perfect. This is a hospital for the sick. We're all living busy lives and struggling lives. And, and sometimes there's good moments and sometimes there's bad moments. But it's okay to feel 
that pain. Grief is not relegated to the death of those that we love. It can include the loss of relationships or jobs or homes. It can include the death of a dream or of a hope. Sometimes we go, oh, I shouldn't be upset because that person over there has lost more than me. No, there's no hierarchy to grief. The Christian life is not an easy one. We're brothers and sisters struggling through life together towards God and with God. So feelings like pain and disappointment and hurt aren't sinful. Uh, again, I did psychology, so like I like to talk about emotions. I like to talk about feelings. How are you feeling this morning, by the way? <laughs> feelings are, are a natural response to the brokenness of this world. They're normal. Um, and, and we don't have to, to push them down or, or ignore them um, to, and, and worry about getting stuck in those bad feelings. Ignoring and pushing down and, and pretending like you don't feel them is just as unhealthy as marinating in them for the rest of your life. Both are not great. You have to acknowledge it and push through it instead of trying to go around it or just getting stuck behind that wave. Hurt is normal. Sadness is normal. Grief is normal. Jesus wept. He was known as a man of sorrows. He preached, blessed are those who mourn. He struggled in the garden of Gethsemane. Father, take this cup away from me if you are able, but not my will, yours be done. Also, not acknowledging the pain robs you of the chance to press into God, to allow him to comfort you. And that's my second point. Point number two, living that life, uh, pressing into faith with empty hands is pressing into God. Empty hands force us to look at God and not at the promise. The wrestling with the mystery actually strengthens our faith, helps us to become Christians of deeper character, men and women of deep faith, deep-rooted faith that doesn't get shaken by the storms of this world. Jacob wrestled with God. See, wrestling, granted he broke a hip doing that, but wrestling is a, is a grabbing hold and a pressing in close. There's no, there's no room for anything but skin. <laughs> You're so close. And that's, that's the way that we need to press into God. So close. The Father who is closer to us than the air we breathe. See, our, our faith in, is first and foremost in God, not in the promise. First and foremost, it's in God. If you're struggling to lean into God, here's a question for you. How do you see God? How you see God informs how you respond to the disappointment and pain of having empty hands. He is a good God, and he loves you, and he sees you. El Roy, which is the first name given to God um, in the Bible, was given to him by a slave woman named Hagar. She wasn't one of the chosen people. She wasn't under the promise that he'd given to Abraham. She was kicked out of her home with her young son into the wilderness, close to death. And an angel of the Lord appears to her and says, I will provide for you. Do not be afraid. And in response to that, she called him Elroy, the one who sees me. God sees you. He sees what you're going through. You are not alone. See, I lost a friend earlier this year. Um, she was on her way over to my house and a uh, uh, car crossed the center line and ran into her on the way. Um, and for weeks, I couldn't pray the way that I used to. 
It was like a grey fog had covered my head. And all I could do was just sit with Jesus. That's all I could do. There's this beautiful song, uh, Gratitude by Brandon Lake, that expressed how I felt. Um, And it says in the chorus, So I throw up my hands and I praise you again and again, because all that I have is a hallelujah. And I know it's not much, but I have nothing else fit for a king, except for a heart singing hallelujah. I had nothing much to give, and some of us, we feel like we have nothing much to give, but that is enough. Just sit with God. He doesn't ask of you. He only gives. He gives comfort. It's the the childlike faith of leaning into your father's lap with all your pains and your worries and your scrapes and your bruises, sitting there with him, and he wraps his arm around you and comforts you. In all of those times and all of the hard times that I've been through, God has always said to me, I am there. I am here. I see you and I am with you. So for those of us who sit with the unanswered things, with the empty hands, God is here. He is still here and he sees you. We're talking about faith. Sometimes faith means going on regardless, despite. It's not faith because God has given me the things that I want. It's faith in a good God, despite not getting the things that I need. We praise despite. We go on regardless. We stubbornly hold on to the conviction that nothing, neither angels nor demons, nor anything else in all creation, neither heights nor depths, nor suffering, nor persecution, nor famine, nor unanswered prayers, nothing can stop us from leaning into the presence of the loving God. Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. So hold loosely to your expectations and tightly to God, if I can tell you anything. And then out of that place, out of that place of leaning in, of pressing in, let the old birth the new, is my third point. Let the old birth the new. This is not the end. This is not the end. We believe in the resurrection. That is a core part of our faith. We believe in the promises of God that there is new life after this, that there is more to this world than just what we live in. That there is life and life and abundance found in God. And beyond this world, we live in eternity in relationship with a good God where there is no pain, where there is no suffering, where there is no fear, where there is just love and relationship with Him. We believe in the resurrection, so let us believe it even through the pain, even through the empty hands. We believe that there will be something good coming out of this. God will use this moment for good to work it together to deepen our faith if we choose to press into him instead of turning away. This is your turning point. Where do you choose to turn? See, life and life in abundance is found in him, not in the promises in him. So let God bring something fresh and alive out of the death that you've experienced, whether death of of a dream death of a friend, death of a hope. Let there be something new and alive and fresh that comes out of that place. We choose to step into praise. 
We choose to worship through disappointment, past the hurt, because beyond it, beyond it all lies eternity and it lies God. See, my joy and my faith is not dependent on when I, whether I have a miracle happening in my life or because something good happens to me or because my prayer answered, but that joy comes from knowing God knowing that he saved us, he sent his son to die on a cross for us, to save us from our deaths, our sins and defeated death. That the powers of this world, the shackles of shame, have no hold on us anymore. That we are free and we are saved and we are in relationship with him. And when all else fades, when all else fades away, when our struggles are gone and everything that seems really true and real about this world fades away, the only thing that remains is God. So I stand here with you with both answered prayers and unanswered prayers in my life. And I know that they have been in yours too. And I can tell you that while they they matter to me and they matter to God, none of them matter as much as the fact that I get to walk with God every day for the rest of my life and into eternity. See, that, my friends, is where we have faith. That's where we place our faith. That we declare together that in God our future is secure. Because it's not about where we're going, it's who we're going with. So a reminder that unanswered prayer does not mean a lack of faith. In fact, it gives you an opportunity to press into a deeper faith. A rooted faith, a gritty faith. I like the idea of gritty faith. It makes me think of this time when I um, fell off my bike in the school park, car park and there was gravel everywhere. and I got a bunch of gravel in my elbow and now I have some scars left. Probably some gravel in there too. <laughs> but gritty, the, the, it digs in, it embeds itself in our flesh, it, it sticks, it um, curls its toes into the sands and refuses to let go when the waves buffet it. Gritty faith. We are a people of gritty faith. We are not um, uh, disillusioned when the world comes at us and it changes the way that we see things. We are not disillusioned when things don't work out perfectly. We are people of gritty faith. Digging our toes in, wrestling with God through it and to him and with him. So I don't know if you've been here um, before and and whether or not you even know of this God that I'm talking about, this God that loves you, that sees you, that knows what you're going through, knows what you're wrestling with. But I want to say that that God, he sees you, Elroy, the God who sees me. And maybe there's no answer for what you're going through, but there is a different answer and it is found in relationship with Christ. That is where that comfort is. That is where that pressing in is. That is what is even more real and true than what we go through right now. And this is not disregarding what you are going through. This is an invitation to lean into the God who sees it and wants to comfort you and hold you close. God who loves you, knows you to your bones and wants you to know him is relationship-driven and people-driven and seeks for you to seek Him. Knock, and the door shall be opened. Seek, and you shall find. Maybe what we're seeking is not an answer to our prayers, but an answer to a deep calling within our souls, a yearning for eternity. 
But in this moment where you, where you wrestle with that unansweredness, where you wrestle with the why of the suffering, where you wrestle with the, the God is not showing up the way that I expected, where it seems like I've asked for a good thing, I've asked for healing, I've asked for re- restoration, I've asked for something that is good. Why is God not giving it to me? I want you to use this time to actually lean into Him. Because He sees that pain and He sees that hurt and He sees that disappointment. And all He wants to do is gather you in His arms. There may be a miracle, but even if there is no grand fleshy miracle, we have gritty faith and we dig our toes in and we choose to press into God through the pain and the disappointment, through it all.